Are you sitting in a space where you are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel like a prisoner to the cycles of depression? Do you feel stuck in your own life and feel frustrated and lost, but yet you know there is so much more on the other side of this mental breakdown? I want to hold your hand through this therapeutic life healing journey. I will help you navigate emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking massive action so you can align your mind, body, and spirit to completely transforming your life. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, of stepping into your power and experiencing your breakdown as your breakthrough. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm your therapist, your coach, your mentor. Join me as we heal your life together. Hey, sister friends. So in episode 13, we're going to hear from Alyssa. I'm going to interview her and she is amazing. Alyssa is a spiritual writer and blogger. She's a proud, highly sensitive person and an advocate for radical self-acceptance. She operates a blog called Life by Alyssa, which was created with the intent to inspire others to find more beauty, meaning, and ease in their everyday lives. She writes in the tone of your best friend and loves diving into topics like spirituality, self-love, mental health, and high sensitivity. In addition to her blog, you can also find her writing in publications such as Thought Catalog, Thrive Global, and Savannah East. Alyssa also has a weekly email newsletter called Spiritual Growth Sundays, where she shares weekly self-reflection prompts, including mantras, meditations, journaling, and more. Now you'll get to hear directly from her, and I can't wait for you to meet her. She's amazing. So lovely to actually have you here, Alyssa. I would love my listeners to get to know who you are and what you do. If you could share a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. I was so excited that you asked me to be on. So my name is Alyssa. I'm a blogger and writer. I run my blog, Life by Alyssa, and I write about a variety of topics, a lot about mental health, spirituality, sensitivity, empathy. Everything I write is really written through a spiritual lens and trying to inspire people to see the beauty in themselves and in their lives and and really find meaning in everything that happens to them. That's truly been my passion and I like to say that I'm a, an advocate for radical self-acceptance and just really encouraging people to fully embrace who they are and all of their different quirks and things about them that they might not have liked, you know, in the past. I I really encourage everyone to just fully be themselves. I love that so much. I actually came upon finding you by finding you one of your blog writings and a website and it was about career shifts and changes and and you spoke very vulnerably, which I love. Anyone who who opens up that vulnerability door, I think it's so brave and so needed and resonates with people so much and heals. And so when I read your article about shifting your own career, it just resonated with me and I reached out to you and I just started following all your writing and now I'm just like in love with and obsessed with everything you're doing. But can you share a little bit about your journey? I think it's so beautiful, like how you went through the career shift and like you've identified as being as an empath. I myself identify as an empath. And what was that like for you in the beginning stages, like coming to understand yourself better and know that you were unhappy where you were at? And if you could define what an empath is 
for folks who might not know? Yeah, so my definition of an empath is really a person who feels everything deeply. They, I would say they're somebody who kind of absorbs the energy around them. They, they are somebody who doesn't necessarily filter out the world as much as other people. That's been my experience. They kind of, empaths notice the subtleties. So they notice people's nonverbal cues, the, their smile kind of changing, just kind of feel the energy shift. And empaths kind of take that on. And sometimes it's hard to know where somebody else's feelings stop and where your feelings begin. It just kind of, it's easy to, to roll it all up and really feel everything. I've always been a very empathetic, sensitive person. I just didn't have the language for it for the majority of my life, like most people. So growing up, I was always somebody I worried a lot. I had a lot of questions. Anytime my, my parents would leave, I had this like deep fear that they would never come back and I just couldn't stop worrying about them. I just was always just kind of stressed out as a little girl because I just cared so much. And throughout my life, then it was kind of a lot of people telling me in, in a loving way, they weren't trying to be hurtful, but you're these, I can't handle your emotions. You're too much. You're too sensitive. And I heard that my whole life. And so it really made me feel like this way that I am is undesirable and it causes problems. My emotions, my highs and lows that I'm feeling are, are not normal or okay. So that was always in the back of my mind. And as I got older, it sort of manifested itself into people-pleasing tendencies, codependency. Those were two things I really struggled with a lot. And again, I didn't have the language to, to know that's what was going on. But because I think as being an empathetic person, you... You, you know, you feel people's emotions and you can sense when people are unhappy. And that would weigh really heavily on me. And I wasn't okay with people not being happy. So I would people please and I'd try to avoid ever having to feel someone else being upset. But that's, you know, that's impossible. You can't always keep people happy. So I was pushing myself way too hard to, to try to make everyone else around me feel okay. And same with codependency, I was not okay with the people in my life being unhappy. So in relationships, I, I would tend to be a pushover. I, I didn't want to fight. I just wanted them to feel okay. And until they were happy, like I, I wasn't, I couldn't even function. It sounds dramatic, but it was like crippling for me. I didn't have any way to disconnect from it. I didn't even know that was a possibility. So as I got, or throughout the years then, you know, that was a theme of my life. And my first job out of college was at this corporate retailer. And it was very high, high or fast paced, like high stress sort of environment, kind of, I always describe it as like devil wears Prada kind of vibes. Like it's a little, it was a little cutthroat. And I was a, a girl from Minnesota at this retailer in Southern California. Like I, you know, it was just a lot for me. And that environment was because there was so much stress and so much, there's a lot of negative emotions. People were sometimes yelling at each other. 
we were on my team, we were subject to getting scrutinized a lot and being super sensitive and emotional. That was just hard for me. And in the back of my mind, it was always like, you're too sensitive. Like you need to get it together, calm down. So I always was like, okay, this is, I need to figure it out. I'm the problem here. So I would try to kind of numb out through that. And I, I tried to be like the other people in, in the job who seemed to be able to handle the yelling. And just, I tried really my best not to care, but that's impossible for an empath or a sensitive person. So eventually what that manifested into as I was kind of internalizing things and trying not to feel I started to develop really bad chronic stomach issues, like really bad digestive issues that I've never experienced in my life. I was to a point where I could eat about 30 foods without being in a ton of pain. I started to get bald spots from just being so stressed out and losing sleep really impacted my entire life. I got to a breaking point with it. It was, it was a lot. Yeah, that was really the, that's really when things became obvious to me that I needed to make a change myself. Wow. It's so beautiful to hear you share so openly and honestly. I, I, I myself find myself resonating with so much with what you're saying. I can imagine for anyone listening to who might be working somewhere and it's stressful and they're not understanding how it's how maybe their sleep is impacted the stress like having bald spots i have clients i work with who are stressed out so much that it manifests physically and being you know i think a woman and then identifying as an empath and a sensitive person is it is really hard when you're told you're you're too much or your sensitivity is overwhelming and and so you begin to internalize then uh, then I don't belong or you begin to develop the people tend the people pleasing tendencies and so people out who are listening if you struggle with any of that I would love if you share Alyssa some tips some ways that you really worked through that for yourself in your own life and how maybe folks listening could potentially pick up on some of those things and apply it to their own life. What are some things that you found that helped you really work through that? Cause you, you, you beautifully share so openly. I love that. So Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. So one of the most helpful and like life-changing books for me is this book called The Highly Sensitive Person by Dr. Elaine Aaron. So when I was at the height of these, this stressful jo job and the digestive issues, my mom told me about this book and she was like, I think this is you. I think you need to read it. So she really, Dr. Elaine Aaron really talks about highly sensitive people and really taking on emotions and feeling very deeply. So starting to, I would you know, suggest to everybody to start, definitely read that book if you feel like that might be you, because for me, that really opened my eyes to seeing this trait of mine as a gift and as like a superpower in some ways. And that was the first time I ever had heard that and like actually felt proud of it and wasn't trying to change it because I just always thought it needed to be changed and pushed down and hidden. And that's so like for people to 
understand the beauty of this is is a great place to start. It's hard to get there, but it's it really is has so many awesome, wonderful aspects to it. It's I learned that people who are empathetic were able to deeply connect with other people like on a deeper level and we're able to be more intuitive and it's just there's a lot of great things to it. The other thing that really started changing for me was I started seeing this holistic doctor and because for my digestive issues and he was able to identify that the stress and anxiety was really affecting my digestive health and that's where we started we started trying started to heal that so looking at the emotional stressors that were impacting my body and the past subconscious issues and in working with him i started to see another possibility of a way of feeling a little bit more calm and accepting of myself i started meditating i and reading spiritual books and kind of just coming at this with a different approach of accepting it, letting it be there, not trying to change it and riding the waves. And that took a long time for me to get to that point. It was a lot of reading and self-discovery journaling. So the tips I would have for, for anyone who's feeling this way is definitely meditation and practicing mindfulness and not trying to change the way that you feel, but instead just starting to get comfortable with accepting that it's there and allowing it to be there and not trying to stuff it down or change it, but just kind of being present with the way that you're feeling from moment to moment. Another thing was, was the people pleasing. That's always been really hard for me. So what I've started to do is have these kind of micro changes micro shifts that i make that it might be small to the average person but to me it's really empowering for instance before this whole covid thing i was getting my i was getting a pedicure and the water was like a little bit too cold and normally i wouldn't have said anything because i wouldn't want to upset this lady but instead i'm like okay nope i'm gonna tell her that i need the water to be warmer and i did and it was like such a small thing but for me that was an empowering moment so I think finding opportunities like that where you just speak up and say what you need instead of trying to appease everyone else actually can build a lot of confidence in yourself and you build a lot of self-trust and it's like, it's a cool thing to say what you need, small as it might be, as silly as it might be. And another thing that I definitely have struggled with as well is boundaries. So. I'm sure a lot of empathetic people could relate to this. I'm often the person that my friends go to for advice. I think empaths, we have a natural ability to feel other people's feelings and know what they need to hear, which is amazing. But because we take on other people's emotions, sometimes it can be really taxing on us. So in the past, if my friend would text me with an issue I would drop everything I'm doing and respond right away. And I would just get right into the depths with my friend. And sometimes that was fine. Other times I would leave just feeling so completely burnt out, completely not focused on what I needed. And I was just totally absorbing everything that they were feeling. So again, with the micro shifts, 
I'm starting to do that with setting boundaries with the people in my life. So instead of immediately texting a friend back, if I'm feeling like I have enough going on right now, I'll say, hey, let me get back to you in a little bit. And it's just a small, a small thing, but it's kind of showing myself respect and setting that boundary and kind of letting people know that I'm not always going to be here for you exactly when you need it, but I'm still a friend who cares about you. And that's been very empowering for me. And then the last thing I would say is just learning how to check in with how I'm feeling because I can get very, you know, absorbed in other people and, and the emotions going on around me and it's easy for me to lose sight. So I'm trying to make it a practice to, you know, I'd love to get to a point where like once an hour I'm checking in with myself, but a few times throughout the day I'll, I'll stop and try to take a deep breath and say, okay, how am I feeling right now? Like, oh, what do I need? I'm feeling like a lot of times my shoulders will be up to my ears and I'm like just all tense. So I'll take a breath and, and then maybe I need to go for a little walk. Maybe I need to go meditate. Maybe I need to do some EFT tapping. That's like my favorite thing. And just like checking in and doing these little things that are good for me, just it's been, it's been incredibly empowering and, and helpful. And it's, it's a process. It's not like every day is easy, but I've had noticed such an improvement just with those small changes. And Alyssa, you ended up taking all of this and making big shifts in your life. You left that stressful job and you switched careers. And how have you seen the tips that you shared, you know, around boundaries and around just taking care of yourself, expressing your needs that you know, checking in with yourself and practicing mindfulness or things that work for you. How, how did those things ultimately then help you make the change in your career and how have you noticed them help in your relationships too? Yeah. So when I, when I made the decision to leave my job, I, I was really at a breaking point. I just, it's like a light bulb went off that I was trying to fit myself into an environment that just did not work for me. So when I made the decision to quit, it was, I felt really proud of myself because so many people at that job were pretty miserable and no one was willing to make a change. And so I felt like I was advocating for myself, which to put your, to put yourself first is, it just, makes you feel good. Like I, I started to build a lot of self-trust. That's the word that really comes to mind. Like making these changes, I, I felt so proud of myself. I felt like I had more power than I had originally given myself credit for. And so throughout, um, I've, throughout this, like all of these changes I've made in my relationships, I feel like I have, because I have more respect for myself, I feel like I have more respect from others. I'm able to have healthier relationships with people and being able to speak my needs makes me be a better friend because what I found is when you're people pleasing or when you're codependent, I, it's not really like you're doing it because you're trying to be, make other people, like you're not doing it for other people. You're kind of doing it for yourself. I was doing it because I didn't want to feel an uncomfortable feeling. That's not, that wasn't like, that's not really a selfless thing to do. 
So when I started to set boundaries and kind of be honest about my needs and say no, it actually makes me a better friend and, and girlfriend and daughter to be able to just stand up for myself. And, and it's more loving to them too, because I can show up in a better way when I give myself a break and, you know, I want to be there for them. And I, I, I think I can show my compassion in a, in a more authentic way when it's not forced, when it's like I have space for it. How have you noticed all of that, all that healing that took place and really stepping into your own power and really being proud of it? How, how did everything else that was going on physically, like the digestive issues and having the bald spots, did those things change once you started to really go into healing the emotional parts and, and, and removing the stress factors? Yes. Yeah. So the coolest, I, so I did heal my digestive issues. I, I had pretty severe issues. I had SIBO and leaky gut. So it was like, it was about a seven month journey of healing that. But once I started to heal my emotional stress and kind of learn how to manage my emotions a little bit better through meditation, my healing sped up because I wasn't in a constant state of fight or flight. So that was huge. And one of the coolest things through this experience has been I've gotten so much more in touch with, in tune with my body, and I can really know what I need. So if I get, if I get a headache or a stomach ache or a skin rash, I, I can pretty much always point to exactly what has caused it. It's usually something emotional, stress. And I'm able to identify it a lot easier because I'm super sensitive and I know how to, how to fix it. So I think that's been actually such a blessing. Like, I'm really glad that I have to be more in tune because it forces me to take better care of myself. And I've gotten to know myself on a much deeper level because I, daily meditation is a necessity for me. There, it's a non-negotiable. I don't even think about it. And by needing to have these practices, I've gotten to know myself on a deeper spiritual level. And I am able to have more compassion for other people that are dealing with these issues and kind of help them more because I've seen the depths of it and I am finding my, have found my way out of it and know how to get myself out of it. And that's been such a gift to be able to nurture myself and really show show others the way too. That's so beautiful that you're now sharing because I sharing your journey because I think so many women can identify right now that with the part of yourself that was struggling in a career that was stressful and having physical manifestations of that stress in your body. I see a lot of clients right now in therapy and in coaching women who are working in high stress environments and it is impacting their sleep it is impacting their well-being and their what would you say to that woman who's like feeling stuck and is unsure that she can make that shift in her career or a woman who is really at that place in her life where she doesn't know how to tune into her body or her gut or her intuition and and know that she needs to make the right, like whatever that right decision is and just feeling like stuck 
in that cycle of pain and stress? What would you say is the one thing as a starting point to kind of unstuck themselves? The first thing that comes to mind for me is actually journaling um, because it's a really, it's a, a low barrier to entry. It's sometimes meditation can be kind of intimidating to people. So I've found that journaling and really getting your feelings out there and actually seeing them written on the page is incredibly useful and kind of starting to notice the patterns. What are the things that are bothering you on a day-to-day basis? How is that making you feel? What do you wish you could have in your life? Just sort of starting to get those thoughts and feelings out on the page can be incredibly healing. And I think it, you know, it can be easy to discount the power of writing it out. So as a starting point, I would say, just start to even think, like notice how you're feeling and, and get it out there because being aware is the first step. And then I would, you know, then you can start moving into learning about it and accepting it and making shifts down, down the road. But yeah, I would just start there and know that like we have a lot of wisdom inside of us. That's kind of the biggest thing. And sometimes we think that we have to look to everyone else for the answers, but a lot of times I can find so much healing and just writing things out and kind of untangling the mess in my mind. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, that's how I'm feeling or that's how this person makes me feel. And just getting like aware is really, really important. Writing is so cathartic. I agree. Journaling just to see what comes up and it's this kind of mental release and seeing what might be there for you to unpack and working it out with yourself and ultimately coming to the right decision for yourself without the external noise around you. And what would you recommend for anyone who feels like I just don't want anyone to get mad at me if I set boundaries, if I don't take a call, what if that makes me a bad friend or like, how, how did you work through that and ultimately come to this place where it sounds like you're like, I filled my own cup first. And from that place, I can be a better friend, a better person to my relationships because I'm serving from this overflowing cup. I mean, I'm still, I'm still working through it for sure. But what I can say is noticing how it makes you feel when you are constantly overgiving to everybody else, like kind of checking in with, with how, like how it makes you feel. Does it, are you feeling tired, angry, frustrated after you're kind of giving all of the time? That's simply being unkind to yourself and not really treating yourself with respect. And I know it's, it's hard to get to that point where you're, you're okay with putting yourself before others. It feels unnatural for a lot of people, especially women, I think. But when you can kind of start to recognize, like after you have that phone call with that friend who's always has a new issue, if you can kind of notice, oh man, I, I just, I don't feel good. It's, it's sort of, I think you kind of start to get to a point where you're like, why do I keep putting myself through this and kind of look at it in like almost a logical sense and like with love towards yourself like why would I why do I keep treating myself that way and when you can kind of reframe it as something positive like you're not setting this boundary around your friend or your 
mother-in-law because you don't like them. You're studying it because you like you and you need to take care of yourself. And you, you know that you're not really coming from a great place when talking to them makes you feel all frazzled and stressed out. Like how can you really give them the best advice or be, be the best friend to them? So just recognizing that you've got to, you've got to show yourself some love and it's not going to be easy at first. It's super uncomfortable. It's unnatural. You've, if you've been kind of giving and, and putting others first your entire life, it's going to feel like you're doing something wrong, but it also can feel really empowering when you start to do it. So just take the small steps. It doesn't have to be anything huge, but maybe just like I do tell your friend, I'll text you back in a little bit, not a huge deal, but you're, kind of showing showing up for yourself and that doing those little steps you can kind of work your way to doing you know something bigger and a little scarier i love that so much so Alyssa, what's next for you and where can people find you and find so, your work yeah so you can find my work on lifebyalissa.com i have new blog posts every single week and i'm very active on Instagram as well, Life by Alyssa. What's next for me? Definitely lots more writing, hopefully more articles on some wellness websites, maybe down the road, a dream is to have a book, just kind of going with the flow and seeing what happens, but having so much fun along the way, meeting really cool people. I love that we got to meet and I love that you're putting the work out there. You're writing your voice out there. It's needed. It resonated for me. And I imagine it's going to resonate for so many other women. Thank you so much for taking time out of your life to be with us today and to share your journey so openly and vulnerably. I, I admire you and I adore everything that you're doing just like from my own growth and learning and I'm, I'm learning from reading your stuff so thank you for what you do thank you so much 